0: Happy Monday. Welcome to the sneak preview. I'm Connor Isigari. I'm
1: Caleb Buzier.
0: And today we're discussing what's being called the worst Marvel movie in decades, Sony's Morbius. We're bailing on the bubble because we already sat through one bad movie this week. We didn't want to waste our time any further. Uh, you know, they're not always gonna be winners here. Uh and Morbius, I think we kind of expected this to suck. Uh I'm sure you had a lot. you had a lot more bad things to say about it than I did, but you know, even I was like, this isn't great,
1: yeah. And it was kind of funny because I think, really, even then, I only disagree with you on like maybe two things that I thought weren't as like good as you liked them. Yeah, besides that, we were pretty much on point. Because <laughs> at first, time when you told me your show, I'm like, that seems a little high for this film, dude. <laughs> and then everybody was like, your score still seems a little high, seems like you're being generous, but I mean, you definitely don't like it, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I tend to. I, I'm, I'm often generous, but maybe over the course of this discussion, I, will, I, I might see the light. We'll see. Maybe. Uh, in addition to Morbius, we'll say a little bit about The Lost City and the Spine of Night from last week, uh, which we didn't talk about due to the Oscars. Uh, but first, let's see what happened last week in film. Last Week in Film. Three trailers to discuss. First up, the final trailer for Top Gun Maverick comes out May twenty seventh,
1: and uh, I still don't care. Yeah, did you like my old, uh, the, the text I was sending in the group chat when I when I watched it?
0: Oh, this movie is a hot button issue for you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like I'm not looking forward to it, and it's actually like yes, yeah, part of like what I've heard about how he treated uh, Tom Cruise people on the Reagan uh i believe was one they filmed on yeah um how you treat uh you know enlisted folks there during a pandemic that were being told you have to deploy and you know good luck seeing your fucking families i have my issues you know i have my issues with that but my main thing is like i just don't i don't know like i think like pretty much like the rest of filmgasm team here i just find the first one so incredibly overrated like i it's the one i think it's one of the few like classics i hear about i watch it. i'm just like i don't understand i don't see why we are getting a sequel i don't care like i've never not cared for a film more in my life than probably this one and um because that and then like watching it watching the trailer and like again you know I, I mentioned before you know i mentioned on oscar you know i'm in the navy been on deployments and i'm just watching it going officers want to do that now yeah, that would get you in a lot of trouble incident jp you know, you can't drink in that uniform because it's not made for that. You're supposed to be in this uniform or that uniform. No, okay. So I'm, like, just sitting there, like, nitpicking the fucking trailer. So I'm just, like, oh, God, I don't want to watch this movie and just, like, nitpick. Fun fact, by the way, uh, that happened to me when I was watching Godzilla versus Kong. No, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, when they go to the, the, the Navy um, Admiral and, like, the underground base, where the fuck it was at, and he had like his like his uh his uh, camo uniform on his end ups, as we called them. The way he had it rolled up was bugging the shit out of me. So I'm like, you don't roll them like that. It's like you don't fucking wear it like that. <laughs> yeah, I
0: imagine that's gotta that's gotta be annoying, like knowing proper procedure and just seeing Hollywood not give a flying fuck about it.
1: Yeah, especially when they hire like military experts to make sure they get it right. I'm like, you're still not doing it right. <laughs> it's not hard.
0: I don't know. Um, I don't know Josh's thoughts on Top Gun. Are they? Does he not like that movie either? Yeah, he finds
1: over. From what I understand, he finds it overrated.
0: Yeah. So that's all four of us. Yeah, we don't care about Top Gun. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I, I watched it once, and I'm like, this is a uh, stupid. Like, this is dated as hell. I, I just don't. I don't understand. Uh, the most, the biggest revelation I got from this trailer is that Miles Teller is playing Goose's son, and he blames Maverick for his father's death. But even then, I'm like, I don't have – I didn't have a lot of emotional investment in, in, the, in that one anyway, so.
1: I yeah, don't know. and the way the way he briefly talks in the trial, I'm like, you could never talk to a fucking captain like that, dude. He tries to hit him. Like, there's a scene yeah. where he, like, lunges
0: at him, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a court-martial. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm not like, even in the Navy, and I'm like, I just know you can't do that shit.
1: <laughs> no, you'd be good. You'd be fucking taken down because he's – there. like, the looks of it, he's going to be a junior – Officer, he's gonna be like a lieutenant or something like that, trying to go after, trying to lunge after a captain. Like your career is fucking shot.
0: <laughs> I wonder how much Val Kilmer is gonna be in this, if at all.
1: Yeah, they I made mean, it sound like because I remember they made a big deal. They were like, "Yeah, we cast him," and I was like, "Did you?" Because I only see the fucking photo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Iceman's the like in charge of the Navy. I, I think I don't, I I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't know how they're fucking playing that one. There's no way he's in charge of the navy. Um, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I. I also don't know if, like, theoretically, they'd actually have their fucking call signs on all their damn pictures that they're putting up. But what do I? I, I don't know. <laughs> Officers and pilots are like they're like the jock types of the of the of the navy. So they they tend to be taking their stupid fucking call sign is so much more serious and like, than I do because I have one being a controller. And um, it's just funny because like I don't ever have anyone referred to me by my call sign, nor do I refer to anyone by theirs. But I was just like, hey, Goose. Hey, Moose. How are you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've been in the room when this shit's happening. It's, it's like, God, God.
0: Well, I can all but guarantee uh, we're going to skip this one. And probably do some anti-Tom Cruise shit that week. So
1: yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't need a movie that I find overrated and to like horrendously probably get a lot of navy shit wrong. Yeah. I paid I paid movie
0: ticket prices for Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins, but I will not pay for Top Gun Maverick.
1: Yeah. I'll dude. I paid for old and I have less regrets over that than paying than attempting to pay for Top Gun Maverick here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, i i don't i want this to bomb so people shut the fuck up about it yeah I, yeah
0: yeah and tom cruise needs a reality check big time
1: what, what's scary is that so many people love top gun that i wonder if this will like be a i I'm, I'm scared it's gonna be a huge hit you think it's gonna have like back when top gun came out the like
0: navy recruitment numbers went up like 300 percent. do you think that's gonna happen again
1: yeah. This thing is, a lot of idiots. A lot, I'm not going to say idiots. Young teenagers. They watch things like this, or like American Sniper, Lone Survivor, right? Um, conveniently, I just named all films that involve the Navy. Um, <laughs> and they watch that and go like, oh, I want to do that. That's awesome. The thing is, though, to be a Navy pilot, or to, in the case of like, you know, American Sniper and Lone Survivor, to be a Navy SEAL that's incredibly tough training, like incredibly yeah. tough. It, not everyone makes it. I,
0: I imagine so. I mean, yeah. you know, not everybody gets to be Vin Diesel and protect children in that one movie.
1: Oh, that one movie that might be uh, popping up more on the shows <laughs> down That's the line. Yeah, I may have yeah. put it on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, uh,
0: I think these movies. Not all of them, but a lot of them, trivialize what it, what like what it means to make this kind of commitment, and Top Gun is at the top of that, and I just oh, don't, yeah. I don't like that, and I imagine you like it much less than I do.
1: I like it, I like it much less because look, I look like, on one hand, I get like okay, like I'll I'll draw one to one, I like. a person one, I like Lone Survivor, which I really like. You know, there's a difference between like Top Gun that's trying to like do that but it comes off dis, uh, disingenuous. And again, knowing how Tom Cruise treated actual uh, you know, Navy service members yeah. that were on a deployment when they were filming this. So any any shots you see of this uh, in the trailer when they're taking off, that's an actual carrier that was out on deployment. Um, pissed me off. Where something like Lone Survivor, I can take a little bit of that over-glorification in that film because you're trying to make Real life people who, you know, they sacrificed their life, you know, to do what they thought was right. At the end of the movie, made a point to tell you that this was a massive fuck up for the fucking Navy anyway. Like this, the way that shit went down, I mean, it was not supposed to go down that way. So like I I can take that. You know what I mean? Like I get to an extent there's going to be a, a certain amount of glorifying and, you know, and they the you're trying to honor the people that lost their lives on these things. And that's fine. I don't mind that at all. You know, even Black Hawk Down was probably one of the most realistic takes has its moments but you know i I get it but in case like top gun i just i don't feel like they're doing it for a good reason no it's propaganda
0: top guns all you know america volleyball six-pack jet yeah it's like there's no serious there's nothing serious about top gun in the slightest and yeah it's just it's a joke to me uh and and this one's just you know the punchline
1: yeah, and most officers don't have most pilots do not have six packs because they actually don't lift weights a lot because their flight they don't want to get put get new flight suits and like the tight the space for the where they sit in those planes is really tight so they cannot afford to lose or gain any more weight so they actually they run a lot so they're just skinny so that's another thing about top gun I'm like they're not like fucking looking like the rock they won't be able to fend the fucking plane like. <laughs> Like they're usually really skinny dudes because they run all the time. Well,
0: as a uh, member, as a member of the navy, I'm curious how much shirtless volleyball you partake in.
1: None, because that's a, that seems like it's a big part of it. I don't understand where Top Gun got that from because I don't know anyone, myself included, who has partaked in shirtless volleyball games on the beach. <laughs> yeah, so I'm.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't plan on seeing this. I'm uh, I'm actually looking forward to kind of boycotting it on, on this show. Uh, so, yeah, May 27th, we are going <laughs> to something else.
1: Yes, I can't wait to not see the trailer in theaters now that they're doing the ad campaign at the theaters. I know.
0: Um, next up, Netflix's Choose or Die debuts on the streaming service on April 15th. Looks like a horror Jumanji. And I'm very intrigued by this. This looks exciting.
1: Yeah, I was uh I've been hearing about this one for a while. I think it was originally called like Cursor or some stupid, some stupid like that, but they changed the name. It's good. And um yeah, and I'm I'm intrigued by it. Um, like I said, I think the part that kind of got me going, like, ooh, this could be something like pretty gnarly, was the scene at the diner when you know she say clean it up, and he whatever's going on has that chick take broken glass and start to chew on it oh and you can just hear it. i love how the screen goes to black and you just hear the sound effects yeah and i'm like oh so like i'm i mentioned in this goes i'm a sucker for like the internet or stuff yeah in general especially because that's like you know like that's i mean we're at now internet has taken a huge part of our lives yeah. um so i'm always a sucker for these types of films that do it and until we get so, a new final destination or something or this kind of thing happens i'll all take what i can get yeah
0: Well, this looks more like a, you know, reality warping kind of like cursed game, like very much like reminded me of Jumanji, but Mm -hmm. on a much grander scale. Uh, And the film that came to mind when I saw the trailer was um, 13 Sins. Remember that? I remember that.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it. I know what you're talking about.
0: That was a wild movie that should have gotten more attention. Uh, But I love these like, you know, this or that. Horror movies where you got to make some crazy ass horrific choice. I, I love those movies.
1: Yeah, it's literally how Saul thrived for decades for a while. Yeah, live or die, make your choice. <laughs> yeah, like I loved Would You Rather.
0: I thought that was a really cool movie.
1: Uh, that's another one that's been on my radar to watch. I hear a lot of people that like it.
0: Jeffrey Combs hosting a dinner party of like a who's who of random horror and like ex porn stars. Doing like making horrible choices Like drown your, like dr- Drown yourself for three minutes or cut off your left hand Like what's it gonna be <laughs>
1: Like just crazy shit <laughs> Jesus God oh fuck What was, what was the name of it what, uh, David Ketchner And uh, Sarah Paxton Were they like the witch couple that make these dudes uh, Keep paying these dudes to do outrageous shit Here I'm
0: gonna find out it's-
1: I'll say it's on the site. I remember I remember like really liking that one. That was another one that it reminded me of. Oh, David, god damn it.
0: David Keckner
1: Yeah, it was him and uh Sarah Paxson played his wife.
0: Um Vicious Fun.
1: No, that was that one with the serial killers that I told you about. That was a lot of fun. Okay. No, damn. not that. All right. Do you remember when this was? Stand by. Look, I'm. I will. F- oh, cheap thrills. There we go. Okay. Ha. Have you have you seen that one? Cheap thrills. I have not. Oh no. my god. So it it has those two that I mentioned. Also has um Ethan Embry, okay, and uh okay. Pat Healy, and basically Embry and Healy. Healy's down is like he's about to lose his uh, house. He has a wife and kid, and he runs to nobody if his Embry at the bar, and they are they start talking, and then they run into these these two characters and they at first are saying hey let's have some fun i'll give you 500 if you slap the waiter on uh, the waitress on the ass like just simple things like that but it starts to fucking escalate to things like i'll pay you so much if the guy who's married our main character's married if you have sex with my wife like it, and it gets like just like or like shit in the neighbors, like you know, like it starts to escalate, like losing limbs type stuff. Like it's it's really fucking good movie.
0: Shit, yeah, that sounds up like my alley. I'll definitely check that out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they give it to whoever does it, so that's like the, that's our catch. Whoever does it gets the money. So you see these two guys start to fight over who does it. <laughs> shit. Oh boy. Yeah,
0: I I love the escalation of of films like that where it starts out like, you know, just, you know, call that guy an asshole. And then by the end of it, you're like, you know, it's shoot that guy in the face like or, you know, your kids are going to die. It's 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 nuts. And I, yeah, those are those are good. Good subgenre.
1: Yeah, always a fun one to watch. Yeah,
0: it looks like choose or die is going to be one of those uh, looks good. So we'll be talking about that April 15th.
1: Yeah, and it makes me happy because now it's not just Fucking Fantastic Beast. <laughs> I know it's only the main doesn't. movie, but like, yeah. I just am not really looking for I First two did not hook me. So it's like, I'm not really all that jazz for this new one.
0: I just really hope it doesn't suck. I'll take a mediocre movie. I just, I don't want it to suck.
1: Like the second one? The second one sucked. Like at least the first one I thought was mediocre at best. I was like, yeah. first one, eh, it's okay. I can, you know, it's not hurting me. That second one, though, it's was just like, what the fuck happened? What is going on? I don't even remember it
0: that much. I, I'm going to watch it again to prep for the new one, just so I have those two films fresh in my head. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you most of it right now.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Whereas I can tell you every detail about all eight Harry Potter films.
1: Yeah, because those are good, coherent films. Yeah, which is
0: weird because it's different directors and different... St- like tones and styles but it all meshes perfectly. Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2 was the same director and it, it it's a mess.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when JK Rowling apparently just doesn't want wants to write it for the money for whatever reason as opposed to, you know, a good movie.
0: I know, I just I don't if anybody like could just shut the fuck up and take the check. It's JK Rowling, but she won't for Reasons she's that have like that escape me. Uh, didn't she like, so, I think Putin said like something about like, I'm, you know, like comparing like his fight against Nazis to like JK Rowling, trying to like, it, there was, he said something about her where she had to be like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> like, Wait, even she was like, no. Yeah. Like her, the publicist had to come out and say like, nope, t- t- like dictator. Make psychopath, like idiot author, different <laughs> different situation. <laughs> Both wrong, just in much different ways. Yeah, and when you are getting, you know, when you're being mentioned in a speech by a psycho dictator trying to conquer a country, you really got to reevaluate where, like, the choices you've made that have led you here. <laughs> you
1: you got to think about that. <laughs> yeah yeah you do oh god can you imagine just real quick like i want to give a shout out to publicists everywhere (laughs) that have to deal with people like rowling or now will smith or any other problematic like celebrity that are like the i know recent one i guess now it's sam Elliott. like they're just sitting there going why why do they have to do
0: this I imagine if you're like, if you work for one of those volatile people that's constantly making waves, looking at your phone in the morning has got to be like, you know, diffusing a bomb. Like, what, what do I do? Like, please, no, not today. And then you look and you're like, fuck.
1: <laughs> no, right, to wake, up <laughs> on a, wake up on a Saturday thinking and I'm going to just wake up. I want to make a nice cup of coffee and I'm going to sit on my porch and watch some TV and just kind of recollect and enjoy the morning. Anyway, can we go? Fuck. All right, let's of make the coffee. I gotta go. I gotta fucking go because holy uh, shit.
0: Top headline Sam Elliott goes crazy on, on podcast, like <laughs> homophobic rant.
1: You're like, ah <laughs> god damn it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Especially in his case, because that was years of his focus is not worrying about a thing. He being like Sam's fine, he doesn't say anything stupid. Anyway, someone goes, Why? Why did you do this to me, Sam? Why?
0: I imagine it's got to be even like tougher for rolling because her publicist has got to just be like, you know, aged like 10 years in the past two years, just got like hair falling out, like insomnia, because you never know when the next fire's going to start.
1: Right. Like Gina Carano's publicist, probably just going, motherfucker, stop posting.
0: I wonder if it starts out like, look, you know, we talked about this. You can't be saying this is going to affect your career. And by the like the ninth tweet, they're like, Joe, shut the
1: fuck up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just start talking to them regular, Like, I swear to fucking God, I will kill you myself. <laughs> okay. But on the opposite end of that spectrum, if you're like a publicist for someone like Kanye Reeves, that must be fucking heavenly. He doesn't do anything to like make waves. He probably buys you coffee in the morning. He probably is like, hey man, you need some coffee? Like, I'll I'll he probably comes to your house, is like, look, I'll make you the coffee. You stay in bed, bud. All right?
0: He gets you coffee. Completely different situation. <laughs> yeah. He knows your kids' names. He gives you a Christmas present. <laughs> I don't I don't think JK Rowling even
1: knows her publisher's name. Probably not? And honestly, we made the joke, but I would not be surprised if Keanu Reeves doesn't do that shit for his people. I really wouldn't, based off the stories I've heard about that,
0: man. No, it's, yeah, I imagine working for a nice celebrity <laughs> got to be quite a quite a nice life. You get paid quite a lot. You don't have a very stressful job. And, you know, you you get to work for Keanu Reeves. You probably get front row tickets to the new Matrix movie, which could be, a, you know, a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you like the movie. Right.
1: I'd be look and even like if I was like supposed to be like look, got you, bud, I wasn't a big fan of this movie." You know, I'd be like, "Look, I but I'd be scared to be like, guys, you want to hate me if I okay, look, I'd be, "Man, I'm not a big fan of the new Matrix." He probably sits there and goes, "You're allowed to have your opinion and I I respect that. I'll make sure to be better on the neutron wake." Okay.
0: <laughs> I, I, that's that's such an interesting thing to think about like how these you know the publicists of hollywood and the agents and what they gotta what they gotta deal with some days right? it's you no know, some days it's matrix four has been announced and some days it's jk doubles triples quadruples down on her of trans people
1: i would love the idea of like there's a building in hollywood that there's all the agents get to lounge at like, it's like their break building. Instead of a break room, they have a break building. They're just chilling there, and they're just like, trading stories. <laughs> they're celebrities. There's like clear jealousy The ones of, with the ones that have the like, kind, nice, like they don't make wave celebrities, and yeah. the ones that have yeah. to constantly deal with something.
0: I know that there is absolutely no chance this is true, but I'm just imagining Sam Elliott, Gina Carano, and Will Smith have the same publicist. This guy is this close to suicide. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you, yeah. What if, but no way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God, they're really awesome. Like, our part, can you imagine like a, like a, like, some comedian like Paul Rudd or Seth Rogen? That must be a who. If I, Seth Rogen gives you weed if you're a publicist, you know he does. If
0: you're Tom Cruise's publicist, I mean, I imagine you're like the fourth or fifth who has like, you know, because the previous ones disappeared randomly when they said they didn't like Mission 3.
1: Well, Scientology probably implanted a publicist for him. I feel like Scientology took care of that.
0: True, but just because that guy's a Scientologist doesn't mean that Tom Cruise has a, like, I'm tired of him, get me a new one, and then, you know, Tim just vanishes one day.
1: That's true, <laughs> I used to think Will Smith was a lucky guy, but as we've learned, he's been working fucking overtime for Decades.
0: Yeah, he's the hardest working publicist, or he or she is the hardest working publicist in Hollywood. Because I never heard any of these stories until now.
1: Yeah, you know he sat there with the public going, "Ha, your guys are tweeting bullshit and saying things in podcast with me." Got my shit on lockdown. Then the Oscars <laughs> happened. He just went, "Shit."
0: Yeah, the skeleton that's been—I mean, the, the closet that's been jam-packed full of skeletons exploded. <laughs> <laughs> it's all out now oh yeah anyway uh choose or die looks pretty good
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know how you got to publish uh, that but yes
0: uh final trailer a24's men starring recent oscar nominee jesse buckley uh rory kinnear and it's written and directed by sci-fi master alex garland it comes out may 20th and i would be super jazzed but it's an a24 horror film so i'm gonna go ahead and wait
1: God, you're really holding it against them this year. You know, like so far their stuff looks
0: pretty good. I have been burned too many times. I'm tired of getting tricked into seeing a drama. Just advertise it as a drama if it's a drama. So no. I will I will watch it, but I'm not paying for it.
1: You saw X.
0: I did, but I didn't know that was an A24. When I when I saw it at the movies and the logo came up, I had I I I went like, oh. And then you know, Ty West was he did a good job. So there are exceptions, but yeah, most of the time of- I, I feel burned by
1: them. So, yeah, but this is Alex Garland. Like he's given us Ex Machina Annihilation.
0: I didn't like Annihilation. God, you suck. I liked Ex Machina. Ex
1: Machina I don't know. I like both, but I, I think this looks cool though. Like, I actually think, I I, I don't think there's going to be an A24 fool, fool. I think because Alex Garland's kind of like Ty West and he has a lot of control over his movies. Um, so, I think this is going to be less of an A 24 film and more of an Alex Garland movie that they're just happened to be releasing. Okay. Um, I think it looks interesting enough. Like, the idea of whatever the fuck's going on with War Kinnear's character. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling May 20th.
1: I need to be a little bit more positive, sir. Oh, my God. I, I think I. Save the negativity for Morbius. <laughs>
0: I think the tra- I think their track record backs me up on this. So
1: I- Yes, but I also think that it looks like they're trying to not have the same type of film this year that they usually do. Based off what I'm hearing about everything everyone all at once, which unfortunately haven't made mistakes so it won't fucking open anyone near me. Same. I'm hearing same. lots of great things about that based off acts, based off how um men looks, based off on what I'm hearing about bodies, bodies, bodies. Like They're not going down. It looks like they're really abandoning their cliches.
0: I want to be clear. I got no beef with their sci-fi movies, their dramas, nothing. Only their horror movies because most of the time it's not a fucking horror movie. It's a drama that has a couple scenes of horror and the trailers are often misleading and I don't like that.
1: Fair enough. I don't think that'll be the case of men. Just again, I think uh, this is going to be. I think Alex Garland. I have safe faith with him. Okay. Well, and that's my big thing. I'm looking at him more than I am a twenty-four with this film.
0: Okay. We'll see. I might see it. You know. Well, I I don't know. <laughs> um, that's all for trailers. Next, uh, let's talk some casting news. Sharon Stone has joined the cast of DC's Blue Beetle film as the movie's villain, Victoria Cord, who apparently was created for the movie. Why do they keep doing this shit? I don't know. There is a huge selection of DC villains to pick. Why make one up?
1: Well, yeah, they're doing it for Sam. Also, I'm like, why do they keep making up villains when they can just literally use the source material that they're trying from to begin with? I don't get it. Yeah, makes no
0: sense to me at all. Uh, but Blue Beetle's picking up steam. Uh, you know, first uh, Latino superhero DC's worked with or uh, you know made a movie about Blue Beetle. Uh, I hope this works out. Uh, next yeah. up. Eddie Murphy is in talks to portray godfather of funk George Clinton in an upcoming biopic. George Clinton, one of the founding members of Parliament Funkadelic, and uh, this seems like a good bet. Uh, Murphy's last biopic, uh, Dolomite Is My Name, was great. I'm looking forward to seeing this. I hope this works out.
1: Yeah, he's making an interesting... It looks like he's just making a niche for himself by doing biopics. Biopics, there we go. Um, But yeah, like I said, I really like Dolomite Is My Name, so... I'm more than willing to see how, how this one goes.
0: And I'm one of the few people who actually liked coming to America too. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm back on the Murphy train.
1: I haven't seen Coming to America 2, so I can't say if I enjoyed that or not. I
0: have a feeling you won't like it. Just most people don't. <laughs> but you know, maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard good things about it. That's why I was like. Surprised when you said you liked it. I was like, "Oh, okay." I haven't heard that from a lot of people.
0: Uh, next up, Bill Skarsgård is the latest actor to be attached to the remake of The Crow, which has been in perpetual production hell for decades. Uh, Rupert Sanders is directing. He's the guy who did Snow White and the Huntsman and the Ghost in the Shell remake. So, uh,
1: don't hold your breath. What's weird is that I was looking into it. It sounds like they're like deep in pre-pro, and they actually have like a date to. They like june is when they're playing a shoot so it sounds like something happened that they kept secret that they finally have what they need to move forward because so this is like going through a rotation of people like i yeah. think at one point jason momo was attached luke evans was attached i think even bradley cooper was attached at one point like it was insane the names that were attached to put on the fucking makeup here yeah. and i was like for me personally like i it's hard for me to get excited because like literally only the first film works. All the sequels suck. Like, so it's hard for me to sit there and get excited when like the only good film in this franchise has been the first one.
0: Well, and also there's this just dark shadow hanging over the crow that I'm sure has been hampering production, which isn't fair. It's not like that's going to happen again. God willing.
1: Yeah. Hopefully not. Jesus.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm just worried. This is going to be a PG 13 CGI boring ass movie that's, that's what I'm worried about because that's what Snow White is
1: <laughs> I like how when they made the sequel to that they're like so people didn't like Snow White but everyone liked Chris Hemsworth. oh yeah we'll just make it The Huntsman like
0: <laughs> that, yeah I haven't watched I haven't seen The Huntsman I did see Snow White and The Huntsman and it was so forgettable I, I don't remember basically anything
1: I watched The Huntsman, but that's because I was like, Charlie's around, Emily Blunt. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I was like, it was someone else. I think it was Anne Hather, like someone else. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you just hired all the pretty ladies.
0: Jessica Chastain.
1: Jessica Chastain, that's it. I was like, okay, well, I'll watch this. I'll check this
0: out. <laughs> um, well, I hope the crow finally takes flight. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. This is like the ninth or tenth time, so you know, we'll see.
1: Yeah, and if it does, hopefully, it's good. That's all I got. Like, yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard because, I, I mean, you know, Brandon Lee really. I know some people are trying to make the argument that like people only remember him from the movie because of his whole death. And I'm like, no, he was really good at that movie. Yeah, that's not that's not fair. Yeah, I'm like, no, he was really good at that movie. He was, he was showing that he was clearly a talent to look out for and that was taken way too soon.
0: Yeah. Just you know, just like his dad. Fucking tragic. But The Crow is is so much more than than that tragic accident. It's a really compelling action movie. Very dark. Great villain in Michael Wincott's character. I love Michael yeah. Wincott by the way. He's one of my god. favorite character actors.
1: He's so good in that movie. Oh my god.
0: Oh, The Count of Monte Cristo, uh he's in that as the sadistic warden of the prison. That Jim Caviezel gets sent to Holy shit that makes sense I can see that He's so good When he first gets sent there uh, He starts whipping Jim Jim Caviezel And uh, Jim Caviezel Says like you know God will save me And Michael Wincott says Let's make a bargain You ask God for help and I'll stop the minute he shows up Holy shit Yeah it's a dark It's a dark scene man but he is oh so god. so good you hate him so much in that
1: movie <laughs> he's good at that he just he knows like i remember when i first like i was like god this guy is really good i didn't, I didn't know his name at the time i was going like you're just playing the villains fucking <laughs> killing it in this movie like fuck yeah he's awesome i've always
0: thought he was just a fantastic actor uh criminally underrated i think yeah uh next up Jim Carrey is strongly considering retiring from acting. In his own words, quote, I have enough, I've done enough, I am enough. He went on to add, quote, uh, when when asked if he would, you know, do another project, he said, it depends if the angels bring some sort of script that's, you know, written in gold ink that says to me that's going to be really important for people to see. I might continue down the road, but I'm taking a break. I think he's earned it. I think Jim Carrey's been working pretty much nonstop since the, you know, early nineties. He's been one of the most iconic, uh, comedian, comedic actors of all time. He's delivered great work. He's, you know, battled his own demons. And, uh, I think it's
1: time for him to,
0: you know, do right by himself. So I'd I'd say go for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'll miss seeing him on the big screen, but I, I get it. And I actually do like how even before he said, (coughs) (coughs) sorry, when he said like, the whole I've done enough. I like what he said before that, which she's like, he makes a point. He goes, you probably have never heard a celebrity say that. I'm like, no, you're right. I've <laughs> never heard a celebrity actually say those lines. Usually it's they work till the day they die or until they like in, you know, some, I'm sure one will mention they, they can't even work for medical reasons. Yeah. So for him to just say, look, I've done enough. I have, I've had my career. I've lived my life and I want to, I want to take a break. I want to retire. Go for it, man. I mean, literally when he came out with Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, and the, I think it was The Mask, mm-hmm. all in the same year, all three went to number one at the bot. Like he is, I think, holding that record still to this day for yeah. any actor working. Um, the guy's sort of a comedy legend. I mean, what he's been able to do with, like, not just like some of the things we always quote from his movies to say, but we've been able to Physically I mean he's always had a great Cool comedy presence Yeah um, And then the fact that he had Really shrunk in things like spotless, and You know eternal sunshine and spotless mind To an extent the Truman Show I know there's some comedic elements to it But it's a lot more serious most of his stuff Um, But you know the guy is a fucking legend And he's always been a favorite of mine I grew up loving his stuff It was one of He was one of the guys uh, my dad showed me When he came to comedy that we bonded over when i was a kid because i just thought he was hilarious and you know if you know he wants to c- call it crits after the, the sonic films which i've always felt like i haven't seen the second one yet but i always thought the first one was a good return to form for him and what i'm hearing right now from early reviews on the sequel he goes even like more to like jim carrey as we know him in the sequel like and it sounds like he's at least going out with a bang and i, I like that
0: well, I like that he's going out on his own terms. He's not, you know, it's it's not going to be like a box office failure that makes Jim Carrey, like, you know, not a bet anymore or saying some toxic shit. He just he – knows, he knows his limits. He knows what he wants, and he's done. He, you know, said he's looking forward to just kind of painting and, you know, living in peace, which will be nice for him.
1: Yeah. So, I – well, yes, it is. Like you just it. thank you, Jim Carrey, for the, the countless films, countless memories. You're a hell of a comedian, and you know it. Will I will sorely miss your presence, but hey, go for it, man.
0: Yep, right on. I second all of that. Uh, on the other side of this, Bruce Willis is also retiring, but not by his own hand. Willis was recently diagnosed with aphasia, which has been affecting his cognitive abilities for years. According to EW.com, aphasia is a condition caused by damage in a specific part of the brain that controls language expression and comprehension. It often leaves individuals with the inability to communicate effectively with others. And this explains his uh, sort of performance decline over the past decade. Uh, Which a lot of people, including myself, feel really bad for shitting on him for so long. Uh, So I want to say right now i apologize i did not you know I, I, feel, I feel really bad for especially the recent death wish episode we did on beyond the bad where we just went after bruce we, didn't, mean, know. I, we didn't know i didn't know
1: i didn't put him down as worst performer like you did what? wow i i picked someone else for worst performance
0: oh my god thank, wow, thank you so much
1: <laughs> but uh <laughs> You no, know, it does. It, it, it explains a lot. And yeah, I mean, I, I just feel bad about the jokes. I've made uh, his choices in films over the last couple of years. Um, I, I you know, I'm glad, you know, I know he didn't, it was his family announced it. So I, it's good to know he's being surrounded by love and that his family is going for, you know, however long he unfortunately now has left with this. Cause I don't know like how this is going to affect, you know, rest of his time moving forward but you know like the song that I got introduced to young like die hard and stuff and you know mean i was a big bruce willis fan loved his films my mom liked some stuff you know i, I uh, my aunt was the one that introduced me to like six sense when i was expressing my uh, like towards bruce willis and she's like oh you need to watch this movie it's really good and um the guy was he, he was a he was a good actor you know what i mean he he, yeah. he knew what i liked about him a lot and i noticed it when i as i've gotten older watching these action films unlike like stallone and like schwarzenegger's action films he actually was good at being an action hero that felt like an attainable action hero. like he was the everyman he wasn't this big muscle-bound dude taking out stuff he was a you know a new york city cop and in fucking a fucking situation he didn't expect to be in and it he, he knew how to deliver that every man persona with these roles and you know even when he went outside his box where it'd be someone like with his work with Shyamalan with traumas, he was really good or you know something outside his box to do comedies and kind of loosen up a bit you know have fun with his persona he was really funny so it will you know it sucks to hear that this is um he's been diagnosed with this and um again just like Sergeant Jim Carrey you know thanks for the memories thanks for the films you you are you're so, you will be very missed yes. in the literature of Willis
0: yeah his influence on action alone is on you know unbelievable and his filmography is pretty epic uh, and it's just a shame that he had to you know he was kind of forced out by his own brain like this uh, it's a damn shame but you know the work will live forever and he, you know, I'm sure his family will be, you know, helping him stay comfortable over the course of this uh, diagnosis. Yeah. Um, well, continuing our kind of bummer section of last week in film, we've got two uh, two deaths to talk about this week.
1: Character so, actors. This, this- what? So, this past week in film, man, it was like, Will Smith's whole thing And then quickly followed by like Hey Bruce Willis has been diagnosed with this Jim Carrey is announcing he's retired I was like Jesus Christ like stop it Stop it this week <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah I know it's, it's been a rough one Character actor Paul Herman has died at 76 years old From natural causes Herman has appeared in countless classics In uh, fairly minor roles including The Color of Money, Once Upon a Time in America The Last Temptation of Christ Casino, Heat, and goodfellas more recently he appeared in silver linings playbook american hustle joy and the irishman and he's most well known for his role as beansy in the sopranos aka the guy that richie april kicked the shit out of in season two over a financial dispute which ended up with beansy in a wheelchair uh, as a paraplegic and this was kind of the, the, the got the ball rolling on the uh, richie april story arc in season two which was great uh it's a good performance. He was a great character actor, and he will be missed. Nope.
1: Yep. R.I.P. to uh, Tom.
0: Yep. Next, comedian Estelle Harris has died at 93 years old from natural causes. Harris played Estelle Costanza, mother of neurotic goofball George Costanza, on Seinfeld alongside Jerry Stiller, who played his dad. They were, like, some of the funniest people in that show. Their interactions with George were just the best. They were the craziest parents. <laughs> I mean, Festivus alone was just perfect.
1: Uh, did you see his uh, his tweet to his TV mom? As I didn't. It? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. He, he did. He tweeted, you know, a thing, and he referred to her as his TV mama. So like, I'm, a, I'm more of <laughs> it's oh, sad.
0: She also voiced Mrs. Potato Head in the Toy Story series, and appeared in such films as Stand and Deliver my giant brother bear home on the range and CBGB. And uh, yeah, she had a very distinct voice was very funny and uh, she will be missed. Yeah. Uh, As soon as I said,
1: Mrs. Potato head, I was like, not Mrs. Potato head.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. What a, what a great character in those movies. Uh, So now that we've talked about last week's news, let's talk about the films. Uh, Last week, we didn't really get to spotlight any movies outside of the Oscars, so we're going to kind of bring in last week's releases here for a bit, talk a little bit about The Lost City, uh, which I got to see. Um, I don't think you got to see this one.
1: No, no. I didn't. I'm, I'm kind of just, I think it's a Paramount movie, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of just waiting for Paramount Plus, honestly, watching The Comfort of My Home. Not that I have anything against it. I've heard it's actually really funny, but I'm just going to wait.
0: It was really funny. Yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum were great together. Daniel Radcliffe, for me, stole the show as this unhinged billionaire villain. Uh, Brad Pitt's whole bit was great. Uh, it's a really funny movie. I mean, it's basically a remake of Romancing the Stone, which I didn't really make the connection to until I went home. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's like the same damn story. But, you know, fuck it. Originality has been dead for decades. Uh, it's It's funny. It's... I think it it could have been funnier with an R rating, but you know PG-13 worked. It was fine, uh, but yeah, had its moments. Eight out of ten for me. Would uh would recommend. Really really funny. Okay.
1: Yeah. If it uh, it, I noticed that Paramount Plus Paramount's finally been smart, and what I thought they should have been doing in the first place is they're just delaying everything, and they're putting their shit on um their service after so many days in the theater um because so they have like scream you know the new scream and Jackass ass on there now so i was like oh, okay cool i'll just wait till uh, for that one i'll just wait till paramount plus and i'll probably check it out there because i like the cast a lot um daniel Radcliffe has had a to me a fantastic post harry potter career um James, really funny in comedies i like sandra bullock plus like i like looking at sandra bullock i was surprised to see that she was 57 years old i was like there is no way she is 57 i was like all right um and then, like, yeah, I, I know that Brad Pitt is going to be a cameo segment of the film, but it looks like he's committing fully to that part. So um, I it looks like something I don't have a good time with. Yeah, I
0: think so. I think you'll dig it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, next up, back to Shudder. Night's End. What was this about?
1: So this one was from the late, directed by Jennifer Reeder, late who did The Hell Ratma segment like of VHS 94. Oh, um yeah it's about this uh this very this guy who's a shut-in and he is doing blogging vlogging, really on a youtube channel in his apartment and weird shit starts kind of happen paranormal shit happens um so you have things like happening in the background and stuff like that while he's foaming which is um you know kind of freaky in its own way as we saw on host um it had it was it was pretty good like i was i was i was you know i was enjoying it but not being like blown away or anything by it as i was watching it um because it's pacing it's you know it's not the most fastly paced film. it's like paced like any other you know paranormal film um but what made me go like holy shit okay in a good way was the end and how they end this film which ends in a way that i went i wasn't seeing that that that's not where i thought this film was going <laughs> i was like okay the film ends like like the most wtf like Go for broke, bonkers ending. I think I've witnessed this year in a fucking film, which made me hike my scope because I was like, "Well, I give you credit, film, ballsy kid, goddamn ballsy." <laughs> so I enjoyed it for the most part. If you're looking for, you know, something that starts out regular paranormal and goes like those places at the end, can't go wrong with that. It's, it, you know, it's fairly paced. Uh, actors are good. Michael Shannon's in it, which I wasn't expecting And I saw Michael Shannon. I was like, holy shit, Michael Shannon's in this movie. Um <laughs> So, o- overall, I liked it.
0: Nice. That's good. I'm glad you got a winner from Shudder. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Michael Shannon's one of those guys I'll just, I'll watch anything he's in. He's an awesome character actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: he's kind of this
0: one. Staying on the Shutter Train, The Spine of Night, uh, the one that you insisted I watch, and I'm glad you did. Uh, this was one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but also very reminiscent of like '70s, you know, drug fueled fantasy epics. Uh, I love that it was a seven year labor of love to make this movie. Uh, you could tell. And also, you know, I just watched Wizards on uh, for FilmGasm a couple months ago. I'm glad because there was there was a vibe there. And I just like you can't be bored by this thing. This thing is crazy. Uh, so, yeah, why don't you tell us your thoughts on this one?
1: I love this movie so much. <laughs> like, I I I had been hearing about it for a long time. You know, Shredder, I had heard Shutter picked it up. It was getting rave reviews. People were talking about it, like so good about it. And you know, so I saw this final kind of sure I was like, "Oh my god, finally!" And like, I was glued in from like minute one to like the time the credits rolled. I I like how yes, it does like the the heavy metal like story structure of like various tells. But if you pay attention, the tells actually flow together. You're seeing the same storyline, but a lot of times, like years, 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 years later, the final actually plays over like a whole century or something like that. And- I yeah,
0: I, I thought it was really cool. Um, just the idea like, it was constantly unpredictable. Like when our our swamp witch character is you know captured by this gluttonous king played by Patton Oswald, which I thought was funny. Um, and then the, you know, the scholar like helps her escape. The last thing I was expecting was for the scholar to be the fucking bad guy.
1: Yeah, and then you find and then kill her, and then she She's like literally out of commission for the like entirety of the movie. And I feel like it's place again over centuries. It's very like, it's like talked about now, like long this goes on. So then you're running well, Wait, How she you have to mount and then telling all these stories? What the fuck is going on? Well, yeah, I love Richard E.
0: Grant's Guardian is like, you just confessed your own death. Like what, what more can you say? Like, where's this going? And she's like, we'll get there. Oh, yeah. It's a whole lot. <laughs> I remember telling, I told myself, like, if I don't get an explanation on why she's here, I'm going to be pissed. But then it was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah. She's been chosen. Like, and I love that he I love when the the bad guys. Like, I've forgotten so many faces over the centuries, but never yours. Like, that was some cold shit. Like, I got goosebumps when he said that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I haven't forgotten you. I'm coming for you. Also, sort of like I'm a I'm a sucker for like animation that just embraces violence and like nudity. Yeah. <laughs> like this one does. Like, there's never not a second someone's naked. It is bloody and violent on on the sword fights. I, I fucking I love it. Um and yeah, I love how even some like the quick throwaway stories add to the overall thing, like the one where we, the the guy takes over the town and the only two people are left. And yeah. you know. Yeah it ends with them being killed, but it's like, it ends up becoming this really sweet moment of these people are just living, you know, the last days of their life together before they're murdered senselessly. And it, it gets a little, it's slightly poignant, you know,
0: My my favorite bit was, uh, the guardian's tale of the bloom and like where it came from. That was so cool. I loved how they switched animation styles, made it way darker silhouettes. And told this really cool story about how the sons of gods conquered Earth, and like mankind was their like pets who they betrayed, and they just revolted. It was like this is crazy, like this is so neat and creative. Uh, yeah, this was this was weird, and I liked it. Definitely uh, yeah. unique. I'd never seen anything like this before.
1: Yeah, it's very you know, like I said it's a, they call it rotoscoped animation, which is what Bosky and then we're doing back in the day. Yeah, and you know like... Yeah, it takes a while to animate this type of stuff. You know, it takes a while. Even with a big crew, it takes a while. Um, But it looks amazing. Like, to me, this film looks stunning in its own way. Yeah. Um, And the ending, goddamn, like, what a way to end your fucking movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when they just rip him in half and she rips his heart out and is like, you are nothing. (sighs) Jesus Christ. Just. I love this idea that, like, in the grand scheme of life, we're all meaningless. Like, we're all servants of something, of some force. Like, it was a
1: very, like, you know, it got in my head. (laughs) Yeah, I like how he's still trying to talk as he's like ripped in half. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, just I love, I love that he he was he was not the guy I was expecting to be the bad guy, and he just goes full evil you know in 2 seconds there was no hesitation he was just like i'm stealing that and i'm conquering all of existence
1: <laughs> yeah and then god his like weird design when he like is in that dungeon and he yeah. makes he transforms finally like the eye comes out of his stomach and i'm like what the fuck is going on
0: <laughs> i would love like these this is the these are the kind of movies that i wish the academy would pay more attention to when it comes to best animated film and not just sucking disney's dick every year I want to see more stuff like this get recognized because this deserves way more attention than I think it's going to get.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's always right. That's why I say like, they need to actually start looking at the whole year. instead of like specific months. Yeah. Cause yeah, this is probably like, and this is no knock on like Disney. And I like a lot of their animated films, but I mean, they do follow a formula for each and every single film they do. Whereas this was actually taking chances. And I mean, seven years to get this animation right. And inventive storytelling like yeah this is stuff i wish they would look at more because this is an inventive fucking animated film
0: well there's also this weird stigma around like a like animated movies for adults i like nobody pays attention to that they're not they're not like they don't get the time of day it's it's weird
1: i don't really know where that comes from i don't yeah i don't get it it's like we deep down want to watch for some reason things like fritz the cat and you know animated adult sex and violence but then like if you mentioned it out loud i was like no what i was talking about i don't want to watch that it's like you can fucking make you like it jesus christ you can
0: love the lion king and you can love the spine of night nobody's t- saying you can't <laughs> yeah i do love both actually yeah, so do i uh so yeah this is on shutter it's a wild watch and highly uh comes highly recommended
1: yeah Check this one out. It's easily an eight. It could honestly jump up to a nine for me. This is a really good movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, with that, Morbius. (laughs) The highlight of the day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. Highlight Uh, is
1: really fortunate, but yes.
0: (laughs) This was supposed to come out in July 2020 and got pushed to hell by the COVID and then by reshoots and God knows what. And what we got was not worth the wait in the slightest.
1: Not one bit.
0: Yeah. Brief bit on the history of Morbius in film. Uh, He was supposed to be the bad guy for Blade 2, even in the the alternate ending of Blade. Uh, Blade ends up, you know, meeting Morbius. But Sony put the kibosh on that when they decided, even back in 2002, they wanted to make a Morbius movie. <laughs> and they've been holding on to that for 20 years.
1: Yep. What's funny is that, that scene, he doesn't really meet Morbius. Like, I remember reading up on it, like he sees, or they show Morbius a figure standing on a building, watching Blade. But the it's like, you see just enough to know that, oh shit, it's Morbius, you know, your comic book stuff. I read it was actually the director. Like, that was the director in that part doing it because he didn't hire anyone because they're like well we don't want to pay money just to hire someone to fucking stand there i'll do it so he did it That's cool um and then yeah they put the kibosh and then they were trying to do it for blade the series they were like oh we can do it again for season two but then like in a show that i think if i remember correctly it got good like ratings but they just canceled it oh i think it's because that was when spike was like we don't want to do scripted television anymore we want to go you know what I mean? When they do that shit, they're like, oh, we don't want to do this type of TV anymore. So they yeah. put, you know, they canceled it, so we never got whatever the fuck they were going to do with it in that show.
0: So, yeah, before this movie, all we got was the Spider-Man the animated series on, I think it was uh Warner Brothers, WB maybe, I don't remember what channel it was on.
1: Back when they had their, like, animation block in the morning on Saturdays? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, WB animation, I forget what they call it, but yeah, WB. And this
0: was one of those shows that was like, they're not allowed to say kill. They're not allowed to have guns. So making a character that was a vampire uh, was tricky. So they made Morbius an energy vampire. His fangs were like these dots on his hands and he would grab people and suck out their like energy, but they'd be okay.
1: <laughs> it was so stupid. And... Yeah. Yeah, That's why you know, adult animation can sometimes be better. Like if you want to see superheroes fuck shit up in animated form, just go watch Invincible on Prime. Yep.
0: So that was all we got with Morbius, and then this movie came out, and uh, well, it actually it made its money back pretty quick. So there's like if it continues, it might actually we might actually get a, a franchise out of this, and hopefully they do better next time. Uh, but what this is is pretty by the numbers and bland. Uh, apart from, I think Jared Leto's performance is decent, and I think Matt Smith pretty much saves what he try- what he can.
1: I'll give you Matt Smith. I actually found kind of Leto pretty bland. Like from order like past performances that he's given us, I was like, "You are fucking bland as shit in this dude." He always sounded tired. Like even when he was like Morbius, like when he finally got the powers right, he still sounded like he was always tired. I'm like, "Are you okay?" Mm-hmm. Like, at first i like, get it because you have your disease but now you're like rejuvenated like i need you to be more alive dude <laughs> i guess uh this film's currently sitting at
0: a 17 percent on rotten tomatoes uh it's getting pretty eviscerated by critics uh nobody seems to really understand why michael keaton pops up at the end uh we'll get uh, to that but yeah it doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense <laughs> uh so I might as well just go through this thing and uh, try to find what we what we can to talk about. Um, director Daniel Espinoza. Uh, some of his past work includes Life. Uh, remember that movie? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I like the ending to
1: it. That was a fucking dark ass ending.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of people thought that was a prequel to Venom. That that thing was was Venom, but it's not because that would not make sense.
1: It wouldn't, and that thing was doing far scarier damage to people than Venom did. Like, holy shit. I don't know if anyone ever saw that porting shot there in the movie, but I was like, fuck me.
0: Yeah, life was cool.
1: I I liked that movie a lot.
0: Um, and then Safe House, which uh, I never saw that was uh Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington, some CIA
1: espionage. Yeah, I remember liking I remember liking it when I when I saw it because I have seen that one. I remember liking it.
0: And then uh Child 44 which
1: I liked. A lot of people hated it. I thought it had an
0: amazing cast. It was Tom Hardy, Gary Oldman, other people I'm sure I liked. It's been a long time. Uh, And it was about the Russian secret police during the Stalin era. And uh, a murder happens and the state says, you know, wrap it up. And Tom Hardy starts seeing some discrepancies and he's warned, like, stop investigating this or, you know, your family's going in the gulag. And he's like, you know, he has to decide, like, do I solve this murder or do I shut up and obey the state? It wasn't bad. uh, But, you know, he I'm just saying Espinosa doesn't really have a track record of box office success.
1: Not really. No. Based off everything you just said. Yeah. Uh, So we open with... Uh, well, let will see... Uh yeah no go on I'll get to like my probably my biggest gripes with like why this film just really sucks for me
0: okay fair enough <laughs>
1: uh
0: we open with Michael in Costa Rica he's got a a degenerative blood disease that never really gets a name which I think is weird they don't really tell us what he's got he's just sick
1: that all right let me just that's my biggest thing with this film there's so much shit that they just don't talk about and then like they just jump from scene to scene without any fucking like thing to tell us why we're here you yeah. know what i mean there's like nothing leading to the next scene and so it's just like all right now that's not and now we're here <laughs> uh we'll get into it when we talk about like the orphanage bit after this part but like him and matt smith's relationship was supposed to be like the crux of this movie where i think both actors are trying Matt Smith been a little bit more it's not done well like there's like, there's, it's like, at one point they have a line where he's like, oh, you're just now talking to me or some shit like that. So I'm like, wait, have you guys not been talking all these years? Like, was he supposed to come back and get you? And I'm like, but then again, we never see that part happen in the movie where he came back and got him. We don't know why he's, he's also in fucking New York after being in Italy. We get why Morius you can infer, right? And they talk about, but like, why Lucian or Milo? Because they can't seem to decide if his name's actually Lucian or Milo in the fucking movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was odd, I thought. Like, why why hold on to this? Like, your name's Lucian. This kid you just met starts calling you Milo because he doesn't bother to learn his roommates' names because they keep dying. So he just calls them all Milo, which is some morbid shit. Uh, and yeah. you just go with it. You're Milo now, even well into your 40s. Yeah, it's
1: like, all right. And then that was like, they are so unclear on what the fuck he does for a living. One to have his wealth two, why he would go on turn on such a dime into a villain in this movie because, like, I'm like, there is no building up of this character for me to understand why he would turn into such a bad guy. We, like, you barely talk about what the fuck he even does for a living anyway. I disagree with the buildup because we did get
0: that, that brief scene where he got bullied as a kid and, like, attacked the kid with the crutches. So he has an anger in him about society kind of spitting on him and, and now that he's strong,
1: he wants to fight back that is one scene yeah but it before it, that we don't know what there was like nothing else in the movie that really helps further hammer that home so it's always just like yeah they're friends he does he works he has a lot of money i'm like okay it is weird that like they grew up
0: in a boys home and now he's super wealthy he's clearly been funding michael's experiments like he yeah. mentions that like you know whenever i ever denied you that you know and so, like,
1: again, like, what did you do for that wealth? Like, sometimes it's implied you got it the good way. Sometimes it's like implied you might have, been, have some shady shit going on. But I'm like, the film never wants to bother with character development or committing to it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Or even giving us like actual scenes that make sense when they flow together. It's just like, and this, this, and then this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And I'm like.
0: <sighs> All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just have such a soft spot
1: for Matt Smith. I, I I like him. Yeah, but he doesn't always do good movies. I like Matt Smith in this movie because I think he is trying very hard.
0: He he does uh, keep getting like the shit parts of various franchises, like you know Terminator Genesis and now uh, Morbius.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I look, I like Matt Smith too, but I'm also willing to call a movie a turd if
0: it's a turd. I'm not saying this is a masterpiece. I'm just saying I. I liked him in it,
1: and so did I. He was he was one of the few positives for me.
0: Yeah. Um, let's what, let's just yeah we don't have to go in order. Fuck it. Why is Jared Harris here if you're not going to use him?
1: Yeah, I was like, it, it's such a, and again, why? Why was the only one flashback scene? I want to say why? Because like, they have the one scene where it's okay, so Trevor Harris took care of him for the rest of their his life, essentially, after getting Morbius over to college. I was like, but again, so what? Now he's just like a caretaker? Like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, wasn't he running that shit in Italy? So why? I'm like, what the fuck? Why? This is what I'm talking about. Give me some fucking even lines of dialogue that I explain why the fuck he's in New York with Matt Smith's character. <laughs>
0: It is also weird that, like you know, Michael, you fixed a machine with a spring. So I am going to go ahead and convince somebody to give you a full ride to medical school.
1: <laughs> like, what? where did this come from? That's that's a leap. Yeah, this this movie just speaks of like shit from like the nineties and early two thousands and like the bad comic book films we got back then. Yeah, but we got it in twenty twenty two. When the bar has been significantly raised for <laughs> comic book films.
0: Yeah.
1: I always thought Morbius's origin
0: story was always kind of goofy. You know, scientist yeah. injects himself with bat DNA, becomes a vampire. Uh I was hoping the movie would explain that a little better. It didn't.
1: Uh no, or at the very least, if it's goofy, embrace that. I think another thing that kills this film is how self fucking serious it is.
0: Yeah. Which I, I'm Like bats can't teleport, Uh, (laughs) or whatever that was. Like at least, like in Batman comics, when you know Man Bat showed up with the same exact origin story, he made a little bit more sense.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think they—it's almost like they drop and uh, they—they really play fast and loose. I feel like with Morbius's powers in this movie, I'm like, I can not remember some of the stuff from the comics. I feel like you're adding shit.
0: Can he like could he fly or could he just jump? Like, because
1: he can fly in front
0: of the train, but then, like, when he's just jumping from building to building later on, like, why aren't you just flying?
1: Yeah, it's like, wait, what are what it made no sense. Um, also, like, I wasn't well, I didn't hate the, the design ultimately, Amorbius. I wasn't that enamored with it. I wasn't like, I didn't walk away impressed. I was like, okay,
0: you know what? He looked exactly like uh, B'gool in Sinister.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember kind of just walking away going, it's the best you could do. Guess yeah, gonna try a little bit harder in Leaver Vampire.
0: This movie needed an R rating bad.
1: Yeah. It needed more I can't believe I'm saying because I know some people get pissy with MCU about their quips, but it needed more humor. It needed something like what Tom Hardy brought to Venom to get you like really invested in the concept that they were trying to sell.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got that weird scene where Morbius like takes those guys' layers, the counterfeiters, because they seem to have all the medical technology he needs, I guess. And um, he tells that guy, like, I am Venom, and then like lashes at him. Like, that's a – is Venom a well-known like national news character? Like, do you know – how do you know who Venom so.
1: is? I don't think so. Cause they literally just had that one quick line of dialogue with Tyrese going on. Oh yeah, this the stuff like that would happen in San Francisco. I'm like, oh, there's your Venom reference. Yeah, but like, oh. I
0: feel like the events of Venom weren't as widely publicized oh. as Morbius seems to think they were.
1: No, I don't. I don't think they were at all. No. It's, yeah, the film tries humor at times. But again, because everyone's so fucking serious, it does not work. I've, I don't. I didn't find a single joke they attempted to be even remotely funny.
0: One thing I did like, I like the Easter eggs on the Daily Bugle newspapers. Uh, like Black Cat, friend or foe, and Chameleon's Great Escape. So, like establishing that there are like these characters exist in this
1: universe. Like,
0: I wonder yeah. if we'll ever actually get a Spider Man for this universe, or if these guys are just gonna do their thing forever.
1: I feel like they're just gonna do their thing forever. Apparently, I wonder. I wonder if Disney watched this and went, like, "Yeah, we're never giving you Spider Man." <laughs> I feel like this is, Sony is so
0: fucking dead. They're never letting go of their Sinister Six movie. They want that so bad.
1: They want it so bad. Even if at this point it doesn't make any fucking sense.
0: It's so, like, they they don't care. I mean, all right, so as it stands, the theoretical Sinister Six we would get is Vulture, I'm assuming, leading the team. (laughs) Uh, Morbius, for some reason, because is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Who the fuck knows? uh Ven- venom i guess maybe uh craven the hunter chameleon and i don't know uh black cat or carnage if he's still alive i, d- I don't know maybe they're all gonna fight venom
1: it, i don't know it's this thing right they want to they want to do these villain origin stories but by doing that it's almost like they're going out the way to make them good guys so it's like what sense your sticks are you even building because you're turning all your villains to anti-heroes yeah and like yeah. you said they're they try to do that with Morbius, but it's like they can't even commit to that in the movie. Like at no point in this movie, truly commit to is he good? Is he bad? We don't know. Oh it's like well, what? <laughs> they try to, you
0: know, work around it with the whole artificial blood thing, which is such a huge breakthrough that is widely just kind of set aside. Uh, and I guess you know, it doesn't it works, but it doesn't work. And you need the red blood to really be a like a proper vampire.
1: It, uh, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't make any talking sense. Uh-huh. It's cop friend. They disappear like halfway through the film. They disappear. They never come back. They're never talked about again in the fucking movie.
0: Well, apparently in one of the trailers, Tyrese had like a robot arm that never
1: happened. Yeah, and it looked it looked like in the final film they had something there. because I kept seeing it in shots, but they never bothered to like talk about it. I was like, "What?" <laughs> it, it's yeah, and the ending
0: is so horrible. It's so abrupt, so out of nowhere. That
1: uh, is yeah. one of the worst fucking endings I think I've ever sat through in a superhero film in my life. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, the scene where Morbius takes control of the bats is pretty cool. That part was cool. I'll give him credit on that.
0: Yeah. And then he just kills Milo, Lucian, and Lucian's just like, I'm sorry. And then he dies. Like, there was zero buildup to any kind of remorse. Uh, I mean, he was so willing to destroy Michael's life. He killed his mentor. He killed his girl.
1: Like, where did this come from? Just because he didn't want you to turn into a vampire? Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, his goal that, like, again, they do the worst job developing that relationship. Like, it is a terrible. I was, I was like, I don't feel anything between you two, at all. Does every wonderful. superhero movie have to have that?
0: But,
1: no. I think as we've seen Venom, where they broke them up and they're determined not to get them back together, you don't need it. Like, yeah, I, I don't. If it's gonna, like, if it, if
0: it's gonna be in the movie, at least try.
1: Yeah, this one does not try on it, and also like. Is it me, or did it felt like they should have done some better audio when Morbius would growl and stuff? Because he sounded pathetic anytime he would morph out and growl. Like he did not, I felt no fear or anything when Morbius became like a vampire. I was like, that's the best sounds you guys could do. You didn't want to like beef it up in the editing, make it a little a little more oomph in those growls and stuff.
0: I guess not. <laughs> Uh, I thought Matt Smith's vampire looked
1: like kind of half-assed. Like, I thought they both, I thought in a way they both kind of looked, I just thought the designs were so bad on both. I was like, these are not good designs.
0: Yeah, it's, I don't know, there was like this sense of non-committal to the movie, like they don't want to go all the way, so they don't even try to meet us halfway. It's like, what, what did you want to make here? It yeah, feels like yeah. a retain the rights kind
1: of movie. Yeah, it's like, did you guys really actually try, or like, were you just trying to get this the fuck out? Like, what what happened here? Because no. in I suppose I'm sorry, 2022. This is the type of superhero film you're delivering. This.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The standards have risen substantially. Uh, and then in our post-credit scene, the sky opens up, no way home style, and Adrian Toomes finds himself in this universe. Which is weird because the spell brought people from other dimensions that knew about Spider-Man's identity into the MCU dimension. So what
1: the fuck happened here? Right, and then the the spell to fix it put them all back. So it makes zero fucking sense why he's in this dimension.
0: Yeah, and that he would just be like, you know, like where did he get a vulture suit?
1: <laughs> I mean, that didn't come with him. Yeah, it's not like. He gets this I think it's a Spider Man problem, and uh, we should make a team. And then, and not Venom, Morbius, just immediately I'm listening and I'm like, So, are you a bad guy? Like, what? Question. I,
0: I, two questions Morbius should have had Who the hell is Spider Man? And team for what? Because <laughs> Morbius yeah. ain't exactly Robin Banks. Like, what's the, what is Vulture? Like, there's no connection
1: there. It's so None. weird. It, it, it is, like, I, I stand by that. That is the worst mid credit scene, post-whatever tease, whatever you want to call it, that I think I've seen since Marvel's been doing this, you know, since Iron Man 1 back in 2008. This yeah. is by far the worst I've sat through. Well, also, now this implies
0: no more Vulture in the MCU, which means we're never going to get to see, like, you know, Michael Keaton break out, go after Spider-Man, or, like, stop Scorpion from going after Spider-Man, which implied he was possibly going to do.
1: Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, fuck you, I've already had me in the fucking MCU Spider-Man films.
0: Yeah, they could have just made him a variant. They didn't have to do any of this shit and just complicate things further. Or just, you know, maybe picking up... Have it be Craven
1: the Hunter, like, since you got that coming out
0: next year. Like, Yeah,
1: set up your next fucking movie, maybe. Like, you should... Why not film something with fucking... The guy playing Craven, I forget his name right now. I'm fucking. Aaron Taylor playing. Johnson, yeah. There you yeah. go, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Why not just film something with him to tease us, Craven? Like that would have made more sense.
0: Maybe the world's greatest hunter heard there's a vampire in Manhattan and wanted to go check it out. That makes oh, sense.
1: Yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. Yeah, it. It's like I I've never seen a mid credits scene that just made everything more confusing that like this one did. Like yeah. Especially after you had trailers that put all the Spider-Man imagery into the movie and then took it all out in the actual film just to turn around and do this. And all because Sony, like you said, will not let go of the idea of a Sinister Six movie. Like, they won't just let it go. So they're like, at this point, we don't care if it makes sense. We'll gain our goddamn Sinister Six movie.
0: And also, No Way Home did it. We got a Sinister Six movie, (laughs) and it was really good. So, like, there's no reason for this unfulfilled fantasy. Like, we got the movie. You made a
1: billion dollars off it. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like Amy Pascal. It's just like, I don't know how much Kevin Feige gets annoyed by her. He's just not saying it. Like, he saw this one, just went, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill her when I get back to the office. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how much pull
0: he's got over Sony's you know Spider-Man esque movies. Uh I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know exactly how much until Disney is fed up with this shit and just gets Sony.
1: (laughs) Well if this is the movie that breaks some of them. Disney's like, we're
0: bye, dude, we're dead. I don't know. I, I welcome it. I don't as long as the content's good, I don't care who owns what. But clearly it's not good right now. So you know it's time for a change in departments (laughs) departments
1: <laughs> it really is because I mean even technically I know like I know we're we defended you know we've defended Venom and I know Venom 2 did even better but technically if you look at critically like those both those films got hit hard by the critics so it's not like if you look on that low, there's been nothing that Sony's done that's been like liked the way no. the MC film have other than their fucking anime and Spider-Man film that was really good that was like the only thing that's it
0: yeah but I blame that. I, I give more uh, credit to the filmmakers personally than I do any producer on Into the Spider-Verse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the case for the filmmakers. They were able to get their, their way and pull it off.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to give Morbius a six, and I think that's being generous, but you know what? I would watch it again. I, I didn't think it was the worst Marvel movie of all time. That still goes to either Dark Phoenix or Josh Trank's Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, um, but I would put this in, in like I would group this with those movies. This was bad. Fair enough. Uh, uh, you're yeah. nice on me. I'm gonna give it like a... yeah, you're being a lot more chance than I am. This is I'm it a four. Ouch. We we I'm sorry, it's 2022. Like I we have better fucking superhero films coming out. Like, come on, step your fucking game up, Sony. What the fuck? <laughs>
0: Yep, can't argue with that. It's it's a mess. Uh, Don't bother seeing this in the theaters. Uh, It's kind of a waste of money. And uh, where's Sony dropping their films streaming wise? Have they have they been doing that?
1: I think they they have some stupid deal with stars for some weird reason. Of course, of course. (laughs) Sony, look, man, they're doing great with the PlayStation, but dear God, their movie sector sometimes I'm like, what do you guys do over there? Uh, you know what it feels like it feels like you've
0: got you know like three months to write a very important paper and then you wait till like the day before and you just crank out something and sony has been doing that constantly they're not learning their lesson
1: you know (laughs) and then they then they delay their paper and they're like well let's make some edits here and they delay it some more like oh we gotta make more edits they delay it some more. They start putting trailers out though, like, hey, just keep put in scenes that we didn't cut yet, but we're going to, but put it in the trailers so we get people.
0: That was so that was so shitty to do that.
1: Just, uh, everything about this movie, man. I I was it was like Eternals all over again while I was like fighting sleep. So I'm like, oh my god, fuck this movie. <laughs> Except it wasn't two and a half hours, thank God. Um <laughs> It was like an hour forty, and just fucking ends. I remember, like, when it ended, I just remember sitting there going, "On one hand, I'm happy because it's finally over, but on the other hand, I'm just like, really, that's we're ending here at this point in the film. This is this is when we're calling cut." (laughs) Yeah, it. I don't. I like I said, my
0: expectations were low, so I guess that helped me not be super angry about it but my expectations were low also and i still walked out angry i don't know i don't know i don't know what to tell you i i i'm I'm gonna stand by my six is not a you know that's that's a d it's not it's not like i'm giving this a nine (laughs) this movie deserves an f It's, it's not it's not as of a d well whatever thanks for listening everybody if you like the show you know where to do. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Filmgasm Productions. You can send us an email, filmgasm at gmail.com. So, You know, Throw us some recommendations, some feedback, whatever. And uh, you can do the same at the website, filmgasm.com. And uh, if you want to support us, click on support this podcast. We appreciate it. Next week, Michael Bay's new crime thriller, Ambulance, and the fan service video game adaptation sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which may just be Jim Carrey's last movie. So tune in next week to hear our thoughts on these two films and possibly others. Uh, I'll, I'll be sure to watch Sonic the Hedgehog before I go see part two and Ambulance. You know, it's Michael Bay, so manage your expectations.
1: <laughs> I would say manager, but his films make way too much money at the box office. So I guess don't manage your expectations.
0: I guess, yeah, it doesn't matter. He's just, you know, that that telephoto is going to swoop with or without him. So... <laughs>
1: Uh,
0: don't (laughs) Uh, don't miss lawless on Wednesday's filmgasm the island on Friday's beyond the bad and hoop dreams on Oscar Sunday have a great week keep watching movies